Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Key. And this week we are looking at Season 1, Episode 10, Oops, in which Frasier spreads an ill-founded rumour about a member of staff at KACL. I want to start this week, Key, by asking you, what's the best rumour you ever heard about someone in your life? Oh, um, I'd say, I think those best rumours for me are the ones you hear at school, which are like absolutely in no way believable, but everyone mm. just goes along with it. Like, I know, <laughs> obviously we went to the same school and yeah. um, there was a kid in our year who I think he left in something like year seven and he came back and rejoined in like year 10 or year 11. Okay. And when he moved away, I heard so many rumours about why he'd gone. <laughs> I heard that his parents were diplomats, his parents had killed someone. <laughs> someone had joined a nunnery, I think, somewhere. Um, wow. Yeah. I think I think in the end his, his dad just got a new job, but um, it's always the mundane solution in the end. But everyone fully brought into it, like you know, kids are very gullible, and we all just thought, yeah, that's definitely what's happened. I think it's when when there's something like that at school, you want to believe them as well. The more outlandish they get, you're like, you know, this little nugget of truth in there somewhere. I want to kind of find it. I was thinking, kind of going back to the the, the wellspring of of rumors and and stuff that circulate when we were at school. I don't know if you remember the time, this is a little bit crude for so early to the podcast, but someone in the boys' toilets dropped a deuce on the toilet seat. And there was what could only be described as a Stasi ministry level of interrogation trying to work out who it was. Do you remember this time? Honestly, I'd completely forgotten about it till now. And I'm, I completely, <laughs> yeah, remember it. It's... It was crazy, honestly. It was everyone had a conspiracy theory going on. Everyone knew someone who knew something. That was yeah. That was and I was game. getting pulled in by head of year friends of ours, mutual friends in our kind of close circle of friends, were getting pulled into the office of the head of year. And I don't know what they thought we knew, but it, I felt like all the while we were being coaxed to give information that I couldn't possibly give. I mean, the, <laughs> you either know who did something like that or you don't. Like, it's there's not really a, a breadcrumb trail that can be followed. I don't. Thing, so i mean our um, school fully yeah. bought into like the whole good cop bad cop thing like you know at times i was like you know something and i know you know i have no <laughs> idea what you're on about what are you doing i think if we got people to write in from their own private experiences of school and rumors at school we would have some we just we'd be able to put a book together i think of the kind of folklore of people's lives um but I think that's a, a pretty good segue into a Frasier episode that's completely predicated on ideas of rumor and gossip and, and putting, you know, your foot in your mouth kind of thing. So before we kick off with the review key, are you ready to tuck yourself into Trivia Corner for this week's I, trivia? I am indeed, yeah. Excellent. I'm just gonna move over to Reddit now, where our good friend My Coffee with Niles has prepared this week. He's come back with a vengeance, I'm told. Oh, Though I have reviewed these questions and they're great, but I've also said to him I want him to go all out next week to just destroy you with his questions. So hopefully they're gonna get even harder than this. But I think these are these are a good place to start. So are you ready for question one from my coffee with niles i am indeed let's go for it okie dokie in cafe nervosa bulldog has one of his trademark this stinks this is total bs outbursts because he thinks someone has stolen his what oh his um his sonics tickets it is indeed his sonics tickets correct that is one point to you thank you question two when Niles brings Maris's dying plant over to Daphne, she asks what Maris did to it. What did Maris do to the plant? Um, didn't she just love it, I think? Did that is absolutely it? right. <laughs> he just says nothing. She just loved it. Which I think is uh, pretty apt. I mean, I want to talk about that plant later because it, it is beyond death. But uh, it's uh, a fantastic little side gag. Final question for my coffee with Niles. 
when Bulldog is delivering pizza to Fraser's apartment, he reveals that he has been thrown out of his house and is planning to spend the night where? I know at one stage he says something like, the rooms at the Y go pretty quickly or something that like is that. Exactly, do you know what he's referring to when he says the Y? Are you familiar I've, with that kind of... I've heard of it a lot in American sitcoms, but I'm not really sure what it is, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's basically um, the YMCA, which is obviously made famous by the song, but they're essentially yeah. just like hostels, like youth hostels, I think. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, the room at the Y, that is where he's heading. But yeah, you've just you've just absolutely smashed it. This is why I say <laughs> to my coffee of Niles that he needs to just go in for the jugular next time. I think he will. But we are very grateful for him sending those questions in. Really pleased. One thing I wanted to do, actually, Key, before we move on to our questions, some things from last week to clear up. That that conversation we had about Marilyn Monroe, do you remember that? The actress Niles' names? So my copy of Niles has actually said he always assumed it was Sharon Stone for her performance in Basic Instinct, you know, when she famously spreads her legs. And that is definitely what it's referencing so a really good shout there um, what does that say about us that we were, we're so out of sync that our go-to is i know and i kind of i've that 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 scene and that film is kind of fresh in my head because i don't know if you watched the netflix documentary recently don't fuck with cats it's kind of this really upsetting true crime series mm. and the killer from that is kind of obsessed with sharon stone in basic instinct and stuff and he like mimics her actions when he's being interrogated by the police and yeah it's, it's pretty nuts but I'm um, thinking yeah, that really uh, Sharon Stone recently did she join Bumble or something, and then she yes. got uh, she got banned because they thought it was a, just someone catfishing or something. She did. She did. <laughs> she I mean, if you, you saw Sharon Stone on the app, you I mean you're gonna swipe, you're gonna try <laughs> your look, I think. And if you imagine matching with her and then her sending you like photographic proof that it was her, I just think that's absolutely nuts. <laughs> oh, be a crazy moment. Okay, do you want to launch into your questions? You can uh, you can lead with yours. Uh yeah, okay. So question number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maris's theatre group are currently performing Cats. What was their last show? I think it was The Sound of Music. It was indeed, yeah? Yes, it was indeed. Excellent. Okay, your first question for my selection. Sorry, I've got chewing gum in, I should say to listeners, if it sounds like I'm kind of speaking with half half a mouthful. What is the name of the station's manager's secretary? Oh, I want. Is it um? Is it Arlene? I think it is Arlene. Well played, Key. Well played. Arlene's a proper gossip. She started all this, you know. <laughs> Arlene told Cindy. He told. She told Steve, and I think Steve told Dave. I want to say. Yeah, she's very and much then... at the kind of top of the food chain of gossip. I think <laughs> Arlene's a bit of a minx. Okay, so uh, my second question: mm-hmm. How long has Bulldog been with his girlfriend for? I think I haven't actually made a note of this, but I think I can just remember. I think it's is it eight years. Yes, it is. He's been with her eight yes. years. And he loves her. And he does. Even though he's been tomcatting around, <laughs> he does love her. <laughs> okay, my next question for you. How do you specifically place an order at the restaurant Don visits? And Don is a caller on Fraser's show. Oh, um, actually, I really do want to mention Don later because there's a really proud moment for me in regards to Don. But oh. is it? Um, do you mean that when she tells him to speak into the clown's mouth? That is exactly what yeah. I meant. Yeah, he's obviously at a drive-through. Um, I'm not sure if it's meant to be a reference for a specific chain, like a Chuck E. Cheese or a Wendy's or something. I don't know. In America, if any chains have a clown's mouth as the recording unit for a drive-through, then please let us know. But yeah, it is. Uh, it is clown's mouth. Okay, well played. 
I love the idea that people have gone to see it by Stephen King and then they've gone <laughs> and just like, yeah, I'll go speak into this clown. Nothing will put you off your food more, I think. Okay, so uh, my third question. What age of women think Frasier is sort of a god? I have got a note of this one. And I believe the age bracket is 35 to 54. Well, it's three out of three. Oh my goodness, is that a, is that a weird listening first? I'm normally think... just such a bust on the trivia. <laughs> I have got one more. Uh, I've got one more question for you, though. I mean, okay. what are you on? Yeah, you're on. You're on two out of two, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. Are you going to join me on this kind of cloud oh, nine? I'm currently sitting astride. What floor is Ned Miller's office on? Oh, um. Okay, I want to say it's the sixth. Floor. It is the is six. Oh. There he is. Three out of three. Man, that is, that's a first, I think. I mean, I'm I losing track. Of, I know you do consistently well, and I usually show myself up, but it's nice that we can both enjoy the, the spoils. It really is. I've genuinely just done like a little dance in my chair because I'm so happy. <laughs> Excellent. Right, so we can now, we've had that great little opening reminiscence of school rumors so we can kind of get into the uh, get into the episode and straight away i can begin with the coffee count which is three this week uh because we literally open with niles and frazier having coffee and then later i think it may be in the same scene ros comes in she has a coffee in fact, Chopper, Dave, and Eddie have one as well, but I haven't counted them. Um, so the total is now up to 17, I think, for the uh, I right, episode 10. So, Am I right in thinking this is the first time in a while that we've not opened with KACL? Yeah, I mean, it's this one thing, actually, I really noticed the last few weeks that I've been kind of opening. My first bullet point of all of them has been KACL. So, yeah, I think you're right. It's really nice to um, to kind of open with Novosa. And I should say at this point that we have obviously appearance of a few new characters. I'm fairly certain we never see Eddie again. But the moderator over at the subreddit, who I'm going to give a little shout out to now, I don't actually know how you pronounce the username. It's K3R3G3. So I'm just going to call him K3. And K3 has been really good at kind of facilitating the podcast and kind of sticking us up on the subreddit and give us, giving us some support and stuff, which we're very grateful for. But he says um, that it's what he, he's actually put it's the last appearance of Chop. Day, but I think he meant to put first. I think this is the first time we see the character of Chopper Dave. Am I right in thinking that? Uh, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I think uh, Chopper Dave and Father Mike. I think yes, this is Father Mike, the man of the cloth. And I did go on uh, IMDb, and I think Chopper Dave only appears in this episode and Miracle on Third or Fourth Street, which is obviously this season's Christmas episode. I assumed he was in more than two, but apparently not. I thought he was in more. Two. I thought he was in one of the um, the awards ceremonies ones. I thought he might. Have oh, appeared I there. think he might be actually. So maybe it's but... IMDb kind of mistake I think as well now that you've, you've just said Merrick on third and fourth as well someone who didn't appear in this episode but we got a first mention of is I think Bonnie Weems Bonnie auto auto repair woman Weems or something he calls yeah, her some, she's like a really that. interesting character because as you say we associate her most famously with the Christmas episode she gets a few mentions I think but yeah Bonnie Weems a bit of an interesting kind of folklore character <laughs> um, he's also K3 the mod uh, the moderator has also said it's the first time we see Bald Bulldog and Roz kiss, which I think I think this kind of kiss where Bulldog is essentially forcing himself upon Roz, this kind of gag happens a few times. I'm struggling to remember other instances, but yeah, this this is kind of a repeated joke, I think, which is quite good. Yeah, it kind of reminded me a bit. Do you know that very famous picture? I think of a, I think it's a US sailor. That's so um, weird you said that because that's exactly what was going through my head when I was thinking about this. Yeah, what well, carry on? Yeah, just that moment of like 
pure joy. I'm just going to grab someone and kiss them. And that's exactly what it. it's like. Yeah. yeah, it's just. I'm kind of. I'm just looking at my my bullet points, trying to reorientate where I am, kind of as we review the app. But yeah, we have the coffee count. Maris and her friends are practicing for cats, which we've we've talked about in the in the quiz um, in the trivia section. Very apt, I think, considering the film has just come out. The much maligned film, it should be said. Have you seen Cats? I've not. No, all I've seen, I've seen like a picture of James Corden as a cat, and it's the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. I don't think anything could make me want to see any piece of media less than than having James Corden as some kind of furry analogue of himself. But yeah, I mean, Cats is, I think, from what I can see, has been has been shit on pretty massively. I've yeah, not even looked into the musical, don't really have any interest in it, but it's just when you actually read the plot of these things, they are absolutely insane. I mean, are you familiar with anything? Like, do you know what the word jellical means? Are you familiar with any of this terminology? The only thing I know about cats is that there's a song called uh, Memory, and I know that because <laughs> joke later on. That's it. That's all that I know. I've also made a note of that. Uh, yeah, we, we have what I would describe as one of the all-time great lines from season one, where... Uh, where well, this is actually a question I nearly asked you, where Niall says, As God is my judge, I swear, Mrs. Presley Bismuth was sent marking the divan. <laughs> Do you, can you remember who he says he, he captures sent marking the divan? Oh, not I to put you so, on, no. on, on trial here. Thank God this wasn't one of your questions. Otherwise, I'm so annoyed I didn't ask because, because I thought this is one he will definitely ask me, so I'm not gonna. But it's um, uh, it's Mrs. Presley Bismuth. Oh, I would not have got it. No, it's it's a really really odd name. But yeah, I just love this kind of context again for Maris's life that she's leading off camera. We're slowly getting drip fed more and more info about her, and Fraser's kind of menopause joke about how half the Von Trapp children had hot flashes in the in the kind of sound of music i don't think i've ever actually watched the sound of music uh yeah sound of music all the way through which i think is that a bit heretic what's the in word fair- heretical um in fairness i haven't either i mean because is it julie andrews i'm right in thinking plays the lead oh i think so yeah i mean i, I, I should just... know that but i don't know for certain i think it is i mean I, i'm right i think i'm right in saying that she's the same woman who played the lead in mary poppins yes i think and she is I yeah i think you're right hate- Mary Poppins. Yeah, I, I, is it because I, of Dick Van Dyke's Cockney accent, or it's it? I don't know. I just, I got made to. I like Shannon's family love it, and they made me watch over Christmas. Oh, and it's just like I want to gouge my eyes out. <laughs> it's so are you, bad. Are you not a musical kind of guy? Is that what you think puts you off? Or I I am. I like musicals, but I like good musicals. And <laughs> I as I've as I've gotten older, particularly with film, I've learned that some of the things we refer to as classics mm. are just they they came first. They're not good. Yeah. They just they came before anything else. Like that's a really that's a very apt um, kind of summary. I think. I mean, I think Mark Twain has a really good quote about classics. He's specifically referring to books, but he says a classic is a book that everyone wants to have read, but that no one wants to read. And I just think like that is such a good kind of you can use that for so many different pieces of media there's so many classic cinema so many classic films you know by i don't know i could name a billion art house directors that it's it's trendy to know their their stuff you know if you've watched every bergman film or something but yeah i mean sometimes you just want to watch lord of the rings you know you yeah, don't I mean, want to sit just... down watching french and german art house cinema yeah exactly yeah i mean it's it's nice to be able to say you've done it but 
Mm. I don't actually yeah. want to do it. I think Twain's getting to the to the heart of things there. I've Very got sure. I've made a note here. Do you think Niles is <laughs> his interaction? Is it Eddie, the the kind of the, the black guy who's who comes oh, in? Oh no, is it Teddy? I think. Oh, it's Teddy. Teddy. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've, yeah but uh, the way he says "my man" and yeah. yeah, just it's a fantastic gag, but also just yeah, really punctuating the fact that this is a insanely white tv show kind of coming back to rewatch it in in kind of 2020 i think it's just yeah i mean is this is this something you were kind of picking up on yeah i mean i struggle actually just even thinking about the show throughout its run i'd struggle to think of many black people who are dr mary is like the only significant one i think yeah i think uh one stage cam winston and cam's mom was, was there one of uh, martin's former partners or something is that um, one where he's is that cam winston's mom because he ends up kind of hitting it off with her so okay. I can't remember what that her name is, but yeah, I think it could be could be her. But yeah, like I mean, and they do make references to this. So I've I've said this before, but they refer to Fraser's Lily White World. Um, yeah, it's quite it's quite shocking to see like just so offhand, uh, uh, you know, a, a non-white character in a sense that it's shocking the show is as exclusive as it is up to this point. But yeah, just the fact that the show is kind of yeah, it is it's extremely white TV show. I mean, there's a gag. I don't know if you've watched Thirty Rock, but they. they yeah. Have a, a joke where they, they they make a gag about black Fraser, and it's just yeah, it's kind of lampooning the fact that Fraser's so white. Yeah, I think I think as well you notice it more when you have you know someone like black actor in it. I think for me, it's in that moment I'm like, wow, actually yeah, there's not a lot of other mm. you know black characters and things like that. That's that's what really, it really sort of draws attention to it. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah, and the fact that like even even in the, I don't pay attention to the background characters in Nervosa, for example, that much. But I mean, even even in that instance, I, I imagine it's most mostly white and it's just yeah it's kind of um it was in kind of for all intents and purposes a show intended for a you know perhaps middle class white audience i know it's kind of a spin-off of cheers and, and cheers is meant to be a bit more blue collar but you know fraser is a person and as a kind of as a brand it's definitely aimed at a certain kind of person i think yeah i think definitely i think they're going for it i think there is a different demographic between um fraser and cheers yeah um, yeah just i mean the shows as much as it's a spin-off in many Anyways, the shows are just so different. Yeah, they are. I mean, you forget. I think sometimes that Frasier is a spin-off. Um, if you if you never watched Cheers and it didn't have the Cheers crossover episodes, you know, you'd never know. And I yeah. just think, um, yeah, it exists in its own little world. I've 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 made a note here that I think Chopper Dave looks a tad like Mal Gibson. I don't know if you'd also drew this <laughs> this parallel here. I mean, it wasn't my go-to, but I can <laughs> see it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's, it's there. Yeah, so we have the kind of great interaction between him and Roz and and Teddy. Uh, they're, they're all talking about the fact that there's a rumor going around that Ned Miller, the the kind of boozy, very macho station manager, is going to fire someone. And some some good kind of quotes here. I think like Roz says, "Gossip is the lifeblood of the corporate world." I mean, Key, you work in a corporate world. Is this something you see reflected in your own kind of work life? One hundred percent. And let me tell you, everyone. Everyone gossips in an office. And do you have a water got, cooler? Um, we don't, but we do. We you either meet right. There's two groups of people. There's the people who meet in the kitchen when they're making tea, and there's Obviously. the people who meet by the printers, and we'll just print out a hundred page document oh. and stand talking to someone. Um, <laughs> and I'm in the printer group. <laughs> You're in the printer group. I like that though. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's making it look like we're busier than we actually are. It's like, oh, by printer for ages, you know. What do you yeah. know? Well, I hear that they've turned off the heating on the second floor. <laughs> 
<laughs> I hear the thermostat's being adjusted by one degree. Honestly, um, that's a huge yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, gossip, gossip's kind of virulent in, in a lot of workplaces, I think. I've got teachers in my family and have worked in that kind of environment as well. Um, it's pretty kind of, yeah, pervasive in those kind of those kind of things. They're talking about generally kind of corporation and kind of corporate life at, at the table in the Vosa at this point. And they come up with the fact that they all know each other's salaries. If you had to guess, what do you think Fraser's salary is? Because I think about this all the time. I don't, it was this episode, weirdly, that I suddenly had a new kind of realization about how nice his apartment is. I don't know why, but it was just in this episode I was thinking, this really is like a multi-million dollar apartment. And I was yeah. just thinking, what do you think he earns in a year? I don't know. I mean, I'd say it's definitely six figures. Um, yeah. I've, I think so. Maybe 350 grand a year. I guess. Wow. That's a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got no kind of yardstick here, so I, I really won't be able to say. I mean, he is massive. He's on the side of buses. So, yeah, I think anywhere between 150 to 300,000 or somewhere around there. I think, you know, who knows? It could be way more than that, but I mean, it's I fictional, like, so it could literally be anything. But one, one thing I will say, I feel like my figure is a 2020 figure. I feel like I, sh- I need to account for inflation. Yeah, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a fair shout, actually. That's a good point. We're kind of thinking what he was earning in the 90s would be very different now. Um, but yeah, so he, he obviously earns, he obviously earns shitloads of money and probably a lot more than, well, no, he, he mentions that obviously Bulldog's one of the top, the top personalities at the radio. The, the intimation there is that Bulldog is not only more popular, but potentially earns more than Frasier. And you just do not get that impression by the way Bulldog conducts himself and lives. And you would think if he had a lot of money, he would be the kind of person to be splashing it and kind of, you know he would be very materialistic but he isn't like that so that kind of rubs against the, the narrative a little bit that he's got loads of money yeah i definitely agree that for me i mean it's a bit strange that he's lost his job on the first night he's going to the y he's got absolutely yeah. nothing else but he's you know the number one name in the radio station yeah that really bothered me a little bit he would he presumably would have savings unless he was splashing it on you know yeah kind of Kind of interesting. I, this this scene is where they they first devise the rumor that the bulldog is the one going to, that's going to get fired. I actually get a good laugh from Chopper Mike uh, at this point when he says, "Yeah, oh, bulldog's out of here," or "Bulldog's got it," or something like that when he screams it. I mean, the comedy here is very basic, and sometimes this kind of comedy, like when Chopper Mike first comes into Navosa, I'm like, "Okay, this gag's going to get tired really fast." But I don't know the way he shouts that line really kind of got a laugh from me. Yeah, I mean, I. Just, I really like the fact that we sort of see the extended family of KACL. Really. Yeah, I really, I really agree really like that. I mean, this is the. I mean, I actually put a note during this episode. I think this is Roz's strongest episode to date. Mm. Um, and I think we just we see to, we start to see it a little more because at, at this stage, I think really for me, KACL is just the booth, and you don't yeah. really think of it as a, a radio station in the big sense of what everyone else is doing and other shows and things like that. Um, and this is the first time I start to see it's a bit more multi-dimensional. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good shout. Like we, we know that Ned Miller's office is on the sixth floor. So is it the kind of building that has, you know, eight floors or whatever, and all of them are radio? Or is it the fact that KSEL operates on one floor, and then for some reason, Ned Miller is like multiple floors above them, which doesn't make any sense. So I'm kind of trying to work out how this, this, this figures. But yeah, like I know what you mean about KSEL being just the booth, which is why I like, even when he's talking to Father Mike in this episode by the vending machine, which we've obviously already seen a couple of times now when he's speaking to Catherine and to Bibi. Um, I like that the corridors and them talking in the corridors and just that sense of like an office life. And then episodes were like hammering 
radio where they're in a completely different studio. Just, yeah, it's nice to have these little tiny worlds kind of extended a little bit, which is, I guess, the same kind of principle in Nervosa when they sit outside or something or they change where they sit every episode. It's kind of, it has that same incremental effect, I think. Yeah, and it's really nice just to have that bit of a change of scenery in a sense. Mm. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. Um, in fact, we, we kind of, after this interaction of Osa, we go back to the to KSL booth and we have, as we've mentioned, the fantastic phone call from Don, who is struggling with his weight, but he is in a drive-thru when he makes this call and obviously you can hear the, the service attendant telling him to speak into the clown's mouth. I believe you had something you wanted to share about Don? Well, this is such a proud moment for me. Um, I was uh, I was listening to this and for the first time ever, I actually had an idea who Don was and it was correct. And it's a no. big moment for me. No, um, no, well, I'm very proud of you, but also I was trying to guess it because I could, I could, it sense, it sounded like someone I knew. It, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to make a guess now because I haven't looked it up. But I, I can't remember his name. It's, it's, I think Adam Arkin or something. He's in a few sitcoms and things. I don't think it's him, but he's in a TV show called Northern Exposure, another really good sitcom for the nineties. But why don't you put me out my misery and tell me how you got to who it was? Well, it, it, I think it's someone who's got a very distinctive voice. He was very big in America. Had his own uh, like talk show. Uh, it's Jay Leno. Jay Leno. When you just said then he had he had a talk show, I was like. Maybe it's Jay Leno. Yeah. I know very little about Jay Leno other than the fact that like, I know what he looks like because I feel like he's quite distinctive looking. And I feel like The Simpsons have made jokes about him at some point. Um, yeah, I think he's appeared in a few episodes and had cameos and things I, like that. Which is, yeah, that rings a uh, bell. Why his name rings out to me because obviously I've, in England we do not, we've never seen a Jay, Jay Leno show. Um, we have not. But no, that's... I, I know his voice, so he must have done well on The Simpsons because it stuck in my mind. It stuck in your mind, yeah. So, that, so that's is that the first time you think you've you've we well either one of us has guessed and got it right, other than Joe Montaigne as uh, what's his I mean, name. Derek Mann. I mean, even then, I got that one wrong. So this is the first <laughs> time I've gotten one right. Yeah, honestly, it's a big moment for me. I would like to get a segment each week where we try and guess, and I could like play the clip again, and people could try and guess, which I might start doing. But they're also just really difficult, and I think like my I, I, I pride myself on being someone with a pretty you know okay frame of reference. But when it comes to these celebrities, I suddenly forget all of the ones I know. Yeah, and I think some of them are, there's quite a few I think we've had so far that I just haven't known at all. Um, and I'm not sure if maybe there are people who haven't quite made that bridge across to the UK in terms of their their celebrity status. Yeah, yeah, we kind of have some that are obviously huge, and some, yeah, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think many, as you say, in the UK would get Jay Leno, um, unless you've kind of got a bit of a, an American fetish yeah. like we do when it comes I to mean, American I'd, I'd say in terms, I think we've had Christopher Reeves so far. I think he was one of them. Oh, yeah, uh, I forgot about I that. Think people of a certain age, I think, would definitely get him. Yeah, he's he's Jay big. Leno. He was huge, and uh, and of course, as you say, Derek Mann, uh, Joe Montana, so, Fantone. Uh, I think people, I think most people would get probably get him. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, well then, I think that's next week. Then maybe I will, yeah. uh, I will prepare a little segment, and we'll, I'll, I'll try and think of a name. And it would be nice to have jingles for the individual segments. So I'll try and devise or find some copyright-free music <laughs> where I can uh, <laughs> use it for a jingle. So after we have the, the kind of call from, from what's his name, Fraser goes out to the vending machine. He starts talking to Father Mike, who worries he's going to be the one to get the can. And that's when he reveals 
the rumor, the gossip about Bulldog, who overhears him. Bulldog obviously flips out. He's got like insane anger management issues anyway. This particular shot of the, the fisheye lens of when he rushes to Ned Miller's office and he's screaming in Ned Miller's face. And this is so surreal to me. How did you kind of respond to this this moment? It, it was It's one of those scenes where it took me a long time to work out if I liked it or not. Yeah. Um, because it's just, it's so different from the rest of the show, the way it's like, um, not only the visual of him being in his face and sort of in a way you sort of, you feel you can, it's through a camera in a sense, mm. uh, but also you've sort of got that background sort of staticky kind of um, noise going on in the background of it. And it's, yeah, like his voice is like back masked almost, so it, you can't yeah. really say. Yeah, I mean, it's really straight. I mean, after a long time thinking about it, I think it works. Mm. Um I mean, yeah. I always forget that him, because when he comes back and he says, you know, oh, I did it, I, I drove such and such right to his face. I always got the impression he was doing it in like, it's like he's doing it in those viewing holes in a in a door, you know, like in a hotel door. Mm. Um, I always got the impression he was just shouting at Ned Miller's office door because he was like too afraid to go in. But obviously when he then says that, the point is, it is we're meant to be, we are Ned Miller in that scene, and it's his perspective we're looking at Bulldog with, which is why, obviously, he's quite low down, because Bulldog's small, Ned Miller's tall. Um, but yeah, like, very surreal. It's kind of got echoes of the, the Irene shot at the end of his, looking at you, that we've talked about a lot. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can I can kind of see why they did it, because I think they, they obviously, in a sitcom, they don't want to get across the aggression of Bulldog, but at the same time, they still want to try and play it for a joke. Yeah. And they do it that way. I mean, I'm not sure. Maybe there was a better way of doing it. Um, it's it's certainly interesting. It's it, I mean, it's nice to kind of sometimes have that stylistic break and and have something a little bit out there that we haven't had a different shot, a different audio technique in this case. But yeah, no, it's it's de- it's definitely interesting. I think it's nice sometimes as well after an episode that you've got stuff like that where you can just sort of debate: Did that work for you? I don't. I kind of like that sometimes rather than it just being, yeah, that works. That was, that was yeah. Funny. I think it's nice to kind of, yeah, have a different thing to, to kind of, yeah, as you say, debate about like a new little, a new technique, a new scene, a new, a new idea. And I know that as the directors kind of rotated and changed and Kelsey himself directed a few, um, I think he directed Moondance. Um, mm. It's probably the most famous one he did. I can't, I'm trying to remember others he did, but yeah, like when the actor is becoming the director and they might take a few different, different kind of, um, directions than they they would normally have done i've i've got actually here another really funny <laughs> chopper dave moment was it chopper mike is chopper dave yeah father chopper mike, dave. Chopper yeah. Dave. um when he he comes in the door and he says yeah bulldogs quit or have been fired very hush hush the way he says yeah. that like just screaming at the top of his lungs i think he's a really good kind of side character um yeah and just yeah it's think- a, maybe a shame he's not used a little bit more but then i think other characters like gil came into it and gil is just so good like i wish gil was in it as, as i wish gil was in it more than bulldog is and was like the same level as bulldog because i just think he's got so much range yeah i mean i completely agree i mean in terms of the chopper dave i just there's two things like, i really like the delivery because obviously he's so loud he's telling them to keep <laughs> under their hats but I also love this sort of ego of it that he thinks he's the first to know. Like with any piece yeah. of gossip, you run up to the group, guys, guess what? I like you're the first to know and everyone already knows. Yeah, I think um, that's I think that's actually maybe what makes me laugh more, actually. I hadn't really thought about that, but you're right. It's just he's he comes across as so dim witted to be as nice as pie to him. Um but yeah, he just, yeah, the arrogance, he thinks he's kind of on the cutting edge of KACL gossip and rumor. And really, he's always about 10 people behind the chain of gossip. Yeah, but that said, I, I agree with you. I mean, I I think 
for me, Chopper Dave, would he have gotten annoying if they'd have kept him shouting and he'd been in episode after episode? And I think would, probably, yeah. Would, I don't, I don't see that as a character development there in the same way that we saw with people like Gil. I, I think you're right. I think Gil's got so much more to him, and not to, to discredit the actor of Chopper Chopper Dave, uh, Chopper Mike. I keep calling him. No, it is it's Chopper, Chopper Dave. Dave. <laughs> it is, I've got both written down on my word document, so I keep looking at it and then, and then yeah. getting confused. Chopper um, Dave. Yeah, I don't want to discredit the, the Chopper Dave. Um, um, actor, but he doesn't really have much to work with, let's be honest. But Gil is just, yeah, I can't remember his name. I think it's Edward something. He is just like phenomenal. And I feel like everything he has to work with, he, he's, he's brilliant with. So he's just the kind of character you want to see do a little bit more. You want to see him have some more lines. And I can't actually remember when he comes into it, but he is introduced quite late into the into the series, like compared to the other KCL cast. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. I mean, I have a feeling... Could it be the episode where Frage is ill? Is that the first time where we see him? I could be wrong on that. It actually might be. And I, I, it's good you brought that episode up because I did. I was going to do a bit of a PSA at the beginning and say I would love if, there was, if it made any logical sense to bump that episode up the charts and do it now because of the fact we are living through a massive <laughs> flu pandemic. Just, yeah, I think that episode is just... So such a perfect one to watch now. And I was speaking to to someone on Twitter recently who was, they said to me, you know, does Frasier have an apocalyptic episode? Like jokingly, of course. And I was like, no, it doesn't. But season one, episode 23, Frasier Crane's <laughs> Day Off, that's the episode you want to be watching right now because it's just, yeah, it's perfect. But I think, I mean, yeah, I think you're right. That might be the episode he's introduced. I mean, we can bump it up. I think there's also the possibility we're all still going to be on lockdown in 13 <laughs> weeks when we get that. So. In 13 weeks. Yeah, maybe. You know, part of me, I, I, I don't anyone to get sick or to die but part of me hopes we are still on lockdown for, for that point you know for that <laughs> for that episode that would be good um so after the KACL scene we have Niles coming over to Fraser's empty apartment other than Martin is there and he's bringing over a plan for Daphne to nurse back to life a very thinly veiled attempt to see her and presumably speak to her I mean, do you do you want to hazard a guess of what kind of plant this was in in its younger years? I'm going to be honest with you, well, I'm not even sure it was ever alive. Um, <laughs> it looks like, like a lump of coal, like a flaccid lump of coal, if that was such a thing. It is, I've never seen anything so dead. Like no, no, it, it, it is. It's oh yeah, it's it's pure black, isn't it? Like it is just yeah. it is gone to to dust. Um, this is a, a good Maris moment between those two, yeah. Yeah, well, they, exactly. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's why Niles is always wearing kind of black suits because he's he's been turned black by by Maris. But yeah, like it, we have an interesting interaction between him and Martin at this point, and this is a kind of strange phrasing. That I think is perhaps another another Americanism, so it's a little bit strange to, to me and you. But like, when Martin says, "No, stay a bit," you know, we haven't seen each other in ages. We can visit, like. Visit is used as a verb in this context, as a, in the sense that it's like we can talk, we can catch up. I think I think visit here is like in American parlance, it means like to catch up. I don't know if that kind of stuck out to you, but just the way he says we can visit, when we would say that, you wouldn't ever say I'm visiting you when you're at the place you're visiting. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's something we just don't have in our vocabulary, really, is it? I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, I'm going to visit someone, but once I'm there... 
I'm just there. I'm yeah. Not, you know, but what I think, I actually think this scene is quite a brave scene for Zek come actually, because they really, they have to buy into the awkwardness and the silence between Niles and Martin before Daphne gets back. Mm. And we do just have these long pauses, you know, between, so how are you? Fine. You. And the only way the jokes work is with the long pause. But for a yeah. sitcom, I imagine, you know, as as um, David Hyde Pierce and John Mahoney sitting there for, you know, five, ten seconds, it can feel like a lifetime when you're just <laughs> pausing. And yeah, I mean, I think it's really brave for a sitcom. I think it works quite well. And I, I completely agree. I love the way Martin kind of shifts in his chair when he realises he didn't ask how Maris was. And obviously, Niles answers and says, well, she's fine. And then there's a double take because obviously that question wasn't asked. But the way Martin shifts in his chair is, is to me like the funniest moment of, the, of their interaction other than him offering Niles a pickle. I wanted to ask you, okay, are you a fan of pickles? Of go- or as gherkins as we call them over over here though i also call them pickles um no i don't really like them to be honest with you like mm, i will God. tolerate them on a burger if i have to but i'd rather not i yeah, would you like pick them off a mcdonald's burger are you one of those people i mean i'm one of those people who orders it i might have a plain burger just to cheese the, the meat and the, the bread and that's oh, it thank you okay. what are you like um, i i was probably the same when i was a younger man but recently <laughs> i would say in the last five years got, i've got into gherkins in a big way and you can buy like jars of like mini ones, which are really good. You get a couple of the mini ones on a ham sandwich with some American mustard, and that that baby's taking you home. Okay, let me tell you. I'm I'm basically just a child. I don't want any green stuff. I, I think anything. I think that's yeah. You just want the bread and the cheese and the patty. Um, but yeah, so Niles not liking gherkins is completely within character and obviously bulldog later just eats like half of one in one bite which i quite <laughs> like the the fact that the gherkin gag was came back again because it just shows the difference between between bulldog and niles I, I, there's a, just a little detail about this when fraser comes back and he tells them all about bulldog kind of uh, critting i love that martin tunes into bulldog show every day like, i just found that really wholesome that like he's like oh i tuned into the gonzo sports show and you know father mike was on there it's like i hate that and i just think that that, that works on one level because it's quite wholesome and nice and gives you an insight into what Martin does in his spare time because he's obviously stuck at the house all the time. But also funny because he just doesn't do that for his own son and tune in every day. Like he, I think he listens to Frasier like once every few days, if that. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, it, it makes so much sense because obviously we know Martin's a huge sports fan and he, him and Bulldog as personalities get on. I think they, they mesh quite well. Mm, um, they do, so yeah, yeah. Always makes sense that he's going to listen. But I will say, is I love in this scene the way he goes on about you know Father Mike on Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. <laughs> I what love... is what is this gag? I don't get this gag. Oh well, I'm assuming it's because um, the American football team Notre Dame, uh, but yes. Notre Dame is a church in Paris. Yes. So the, the religious link. So the priest is going to like the one team that has a religious sort of vibe to it. <laughs> oh my I'm god. Getting... What? Who 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 is the American football team? Notre Dame. The, I'm sure they're. More, I don't know if it's a nickname or if that's their full name. Um, let's have a look. But, oh, Notre, but list I, of Notre Dame fighting Irish in the NFL draft. Notre Dame fighting Irish football. You got the um, University of, of Notre Dame. Oh, is that what it is? Um, uh, possibly in Indiana. Yeah, no, Notre um, Dame, Indiana, um, is a place. I will say I've been to Notre Dame, and I did just hear in my head John Mahoney's voice going, "Notre Dame, Notre Dame, <laughs> Notre Dame." Uh, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. <laughs> All it was was Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. <laughs> 
yeah, like I, I knew the kind of I knew there was the religious reference, and I I, I just never quite understood whether it was a sports one. But this makes sense. You you've, you're onto something here, though. I can't quite pass the Wikipedia page because it's like one minute it's an Irish Association football team, the next minute it's a place in Indiana. So yeah, I, I think it's I think your first one was right. I think it's the the. Uh, I mean, I'm going to use the American pronunciation of Notre Dame because yeah, just, we would say Notre Dame, wouldn't we? But yeah, I think it's the Fighting Irish. I think they're an American football team. So I think that's what, yeah, it's getting at. That, make, that makes sense. It's a, it's a good little joke there. Um, it kind of works on a, on some level. I've got as well, this is a rare moment in this episode of Daphne's psychic powers working again. We've uh, we talked about this a few times across the uh, the episodes we've reviewed because she can sense Fraser's aura of guilt at this point. I don't know how you how you kind of responded to this. Yeah, I really like the fact actually that Daphne gets stuff right and they don't just play it for laughs. That she, you know, she, she gets the sense that maybe she does have some kind of power. Yeah, I mean, and I love the fact that she sort of calls herself out. Oh, I'm doing well today after she gets the uh, the bit of that. Yeah, like, yeah, a bit of kind of physical acting as well, and she kind of like shakes herself down. Yeah, I, I think it's really nice, and I just yeah, I I like the fact that. Daphne is a little bit psychic. She she does get stuff right. She does. Yeah, she does. And yeah, I, it's stupid to think that there is any kind of sixth sense there. But you know, when when she has these moments and and you know she gets things right and she knows, um, obviously she maybe just be picking up on Fraser's body language because he does come into the apartment looking like he's just killed someone. Um, but yeah, I think it's uh, it's quite nice. It's kind of immediately followed this psychic thing. Another interaction with Maris, as we've said, gets kicked out of cat because she couldn't remember the words to memory which is a, a fantastic gag I mean I have I have no idea what memory sounds like if you listened to any of the of the cats music as we've we've talked about I, it already but I mean have you actually heard the songs I've I've listened to part of memory before you have um, you've listened to parts of that yeah and I prefer the joke to the song to be honest with you um, <laughs> well, I think the first and only exposure I've had to any songs from this show is someone uploaded like a, a joke video on Twitter the other day of them singing the wind singing one of the songs out of their window during quarantine thinking you know a bit like the the italians have been all singing yeah. together and they were like making a joke that oh no one joined in with me because i was singing this <laughs> this horrible horrible cat song no i mean i have ripped off this joke though before i um because obviously when i was <laughs> acting and things like that i remember speaking to someone and i think we were talking about auditions for something and someone went to me oh well now your last audition go how are you doing and i turned around and went off oh, yeah i tried to get into cats it went badly why not <laughs> the words to memory they did not get the joke they just stared at me like i was an idiot i was like okay i mean one thing actually i can ask you here this has got nothing to do with fraser um so if listeners will permit me but yeah you did used to be kind of into uh into drama and theater in a big way have you kind of ever considered maybe getting back into that or like doing it in your spare time or anything like like um i'd love to at the moment in my life i just don't think i have the time to yeah you, d- you are a very busy man yeah with the problem is with my job is that i never really know i, I can end up good day i'm leaving at five o'clock a bad day i could be there till half ten at night that is and absolutely insane thing, if, be you, if you're doing stuff like amateur dramatics and things like that I, you can't just bail on rehearsal because you're letting everyone else down sort of thing yeah um so no i think if i was to step back and have maybe a slower paced job and maybe go into an admin role or something like that then then i'd definitely go back into it i do miss it yeah no, i know i can completely you're always really good i think anyone you know anytime you're good at anything like that in the arts in particular you know i think it's a shame when it can't be kind of pursued but if you ever get back into it key and you get cast as alan strang in equity to, uh, to go back to a previous play, 
I'm not invited. I don't, I would, uh, I don't no, I, I would. I would come and see you in anything, man. I would come and see you in anything. I think you've got a. You've got a, as much range as Gil. I think she's the <laughs> highest, highest honor I can bestow upon you. I mean, I, I um, can assure our listeners. That I do that. <laughs> There's a nice touch at this point that Eddie knows Bulldog is outside. I, like, I don't know if that's a kind of a sight gag that the dog referencing the other dog. Um, but yeah, like it's it's strange to me that Eddie would know Bulldog is there when presumably he's never met him before. He wouldn't know what he smells like. You know, bit of a bit of a funky one. And also the fact that Bulldog is looking very Rambo-esque. Have you seen Rambo, the original? No, I've seen sort of bits of it, but I've never sort of sat down start to finish. So it's a good film. Obviously, the premise is John Rambo is a veteran from I think Vietnam and he's kind of he's back in his small town and he's got like his kind of olive drab military supply jacket on and he's got his kind of hold all with all his clothes in it and he looks very disheveled and he's like you know hitchhiking along the, the kind of American back roads and yeah just Bulldog is he looked exactly like Rambo in this scene I don't know why it came to my head it just yeah the immediate kind of comparison I made um and you just in this general scene kind of extended you get some rare moments of Bulldog actually getting to, to act in inverted commas even though he's hamming it up you know he gets Dan Butler gets a little bit more to work with here yeah I really really like Bulldog in this scene actually I think uh, he comes across, there's a really nice moment when um, you know Martin between him and Martin when Martin's saying about how much you know if you weren't on the radio I wouldn't have a radio I really really like you and mm. um, the way Bulldog looks genuinely very touched and sort of says you know thank you I can see now why your son's such a great guy yeah um, and of course Fraser's just feeling worse and worse but I think <laughs> it's a it's a really lovely sort of genuine moment I think between Martin and Bulldog I, I really like that I think both actors do really well with it yeah I think I think it's really nice um, I think yeah Dan Butler really really hams it up in a, in a good way and I think it's uh, it's nice to see him get to stretch his legs a little bit because I mean I'm a fan of the, you know, his freakouts, we can call them, when he loses something because it's iconic to his character. And, you know, when, when everyone's happening, I don't tend to laugh at them, but I tend to just think, oh, you know, it's Bulldog kind of thing. Um, so it's it's nice that he sometimes gets a little bit more to, to chew on and a little bit more yeah, of a script to work with. I think a lot of the time, a Bulldog can end up being more of a caricature than a character, really. Yeah, yeah. He's um, tend to kind of prone to these exaggerated moments rather than yeah. kind of concrete, yeah. But you do get these um, very nice, genuine moments now and then, which is very nice. Yeah, absolutely. Like in the episode where um, he's like he's, he's caring about Alice and stuff, uh, Roz's, Roz's daughter. But obviously yeah. he has ulterior motives as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, there's some, there's some nice moments to Bulldog. So after we have kind of Bulldog comes around, Frazier's racked with guilt and he realises he's got to go and see Ned Miller um, and he's got to get, you know, uh, Bulldog's job back. Ned Miller is a pretty intimidating guy. I mean, I don't know how you respond to this 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 man. He's, he's strutting around with his whiskey in one hand. He's got his waistcoat on. He's got a hole in the wall that he did with Bulldog's head. I mean, yeah, how do you respond to Ned? Considering this it's is the got, only episode he appears in, I really would have liked to have seen more Ned. Actually, I really like him. Um, yeah, I know we get the next few years where we sort of go through station manager after station manager. We have the guy who I think hits on Frasier. We have obviously Kate, um, and then we sort of end up sticking on. I think it's Kenny. Yeah, um, good old Kenny Taylor. But I really, I'd have liked to have seen. I'd have gone straight from Ned to Kate. Kenny really if I'd have had my choice um, and mm, had Ned in for a few more seasons because I just I really like the personality um, yeah it, it's very much like I can picture him on like Wall Street back in the 80s you know yeah and he, he I was gonna say I made this comment about Frazier in a previous episode but he's got the Gordon Gecko kind of dress sense going on here it's very Wall Street 
Um, but no, yeah, I, th- I think although he, he only has like five minutes to work with here, I think he's a really good character. And Frasier, as a TV show, is one very devoid of masculine characters. Like Martin is the closest we have, but he is, you know, kind of an infirm 60 plus year old. So he, he can only be masculine to a certain degree. Whereas like Ned really is. And I just think it would be funny to have other episodes of him kind of butting heads with Bulldog, butting heads with Frasier and kind of, you know, wanting to change his show and, and, and seeing Frasier as a bit of a, you know, a, bit of a sissy almost. Um, yeah, there was, yeah, there was definitely scope to do a little bit more with him. Yeah, I think definitely you could have had that playoff between um, Frasier and Ned. I think as well, I'd have really liked to have seen um, Ned and Niles in a scene together. Yeah. Just because Niles is that bit more effeminate and I really would have liked to have seen that sort of interplay there yeah i i i get the the interaction from from high crane drifter you know when they have that altercation with the guy in nervosa and he pushes yeah. niles over like that kind of yeah that kind of bust up i think is is it's just it's crying out for that i think niles and niles and ned kind of interacting in that way but yeah i mean yeah. other than other than the fact that so for, for the plot wise ned gets the phone call um he's he's basically he's he's convinced by fraser to give bulldog his job back but says we still need to get rid of someone and the implication is that it's going to be Frasier, and he tries to, you know, console him and get him a whiskey, only to then be phoned by Jack, who I assume is the station owner at this point. Yeah, so I was, the, I was thinking kind of a, maybe board of directors or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, something like that. And he ends up firing firing Ned Miller because he's one of the high salary high salary earners they need to get rid of. And then we have Frasier's just unbelievably smug response, <laughs> oh, basically absolutely. echoing the advice he's just been given. And one, it's satisfying, but also I don't actually think Ned Miller has done much wrong in this episode other than be a bit of a hard ass. You know, he hasn't like, it, Bulldog screamed at him, you know, and like got into a fight with him. And then Frasier's come along and, you know, kind of caught him at a bad time. He's not that much of a villain. So I'm all, I think Frasier's a little bit over over the line here by how smug he is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I suppose we don't really know what's happened off off camera because we do know he threw Bulldog into a wall. He did, um, but then maybe Bulldog took a swing for him first. I mean, yeah, I, but... I don't want to defend Ned Miller here, but you just never know. <laughs> but I absolutely, I'm going to be honest with you, I love that line from Frasier because I love, it's not only the fact that he pretty much repeats his words back at him, it's the fact that Frasier actually changes his voice to sort of match Ned's a little bit because if you, if you listen, his voice goes deeper, you know. Yeah. Well, Oh, Ned. I'm not well, good like, I absolutely just, I love the way, and I just love the fact that you can tell Ned is so annoyed by it. You know, I mean, he comes back and he goes, oh, I wish I'd fired you. Like, I, <laughs> I like that. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, Frazier I, I, knows he's annoying him. Ned's annoyed and there's nothing he can do about it. It's just, yeah, it's a great final interaction. I think a really good, um, a really good way to kind of end the episode, which I mean, I, kind of, yeah, brings the, brings the review to an end. What were you, you going to say? I, I think Ned, actually, I mean, of all the people... Ned takes getting fired the best. It's got to be said. I mean, Bulldog flipped off the handle. Mm. Um, Frazier was getting upset. Ned just poured himself a drink. I, I, I wonder if that is because Ned's kind of, he's used to that. If he has a backstory of being quite abusive and a bit of a belligerent arsehole anyway, maybe he's been fired multiple times. Or, you know, I imagine he earns a fair amount of money being in charge of KCL. He's probably thinking, oh, maybe I'll take an early retirement. You know, who knows? I love um, the way you've managed to swing from Ned Miller is a good guy to, listen, Ned's had a lot of, he's had multiple harassment cases. Like, <laughs> he is used because to in the in the age of Me Too, I don't think Ned 
Miller would be safe, I think, is uh, is a fair thing to say. He does strike me as someone who's got a few skeletons in his, in his closet. Um, but yeah, that kind of brings us to the to the end of the episode. I mean, I've got, of course, whose crane is it anyway for you? But is there anything you wanted to kind of uh, to bring up? No, I, I, think, I really like this episode. I think it's a really strong episode to start to finish. Um, you see another side to a lot of different characters and, and there's... It, it's more of an ensemble feel to some of the episodes we've had previously, where it's very much just the family. That's, See, I really... Yeah, I think that's, that's a really good shout. I think calling it an ensemble episode is a really nice way of putting it. And there's a, I, I guess that makes me think of a few episodes like that, like Ham Radio, that tend to be really strong in people's minds because they are, as you say, exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like it. I think it's a really strong episode. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I should ask you, is it in your top 10? It's not in my top 10, no. It is not in mine either. Um, oh. But yeah, it is strong. It is strong. We've got a lot. We've got a long way to go until we hit that top 10, that first one. But uh, people have been patient listening to this. Um, are you... Oh, no, before I do Who's Crazy Anyway, I don't think the title of the show was used in this episode. Oops, as far as I'm aware. No, I don't think so. I don't think it's got any real literary reference or anything like that. So... No, I, mean, I think it's just kind of a classic. The uh, the first title card, I think, is I heard it's really grapevine, which is... Hey. Is it Marvin Gaye? It is indeed. That's an obviously, yeah. yeah, just a nice kind of gossipy thing going on there. That's nice. I like that. Um, are you ready for whose crane is it anyway? Bring it on, mate. Bring it on. Okay, remember this can be said by any any character that features in the episode. So okay. I have it's four words long. Well, one of them's a letter. And it is <laughs> Oh what a shame. Oh what a shame. Oh god. Um Can you oh, tell me who shame. says Oh what a shame? I have no idea. So I'm just going to take a stab at it. Okay. Uh, if you take my, a stab and get it right, my thought I process, jump out the window. My thought process is that either A, it could be Daphne about the plant, or B, okay. it's one of the radio personalities about Bulldog. Okay. And I am going to say it's the second one, and I'm going to say the personality is Chopper Dave. Oh my God, you were so close. <laughs> oh no. You were so close. It's Father Mike. Oh no. Oh my God. When you started saying that, I nearly burst out laughing. I said, like, hold it together, hold it together because he's gonna know oh my god i thought you were gonna get it yeah but it is exactly oh. that he's saying it about bulldog the, he, yeah. he says bulldog oh what a shame um oh so i'll yeah. give you half a point there <laughs> i mean these aren't being tallied anywhere but i think you deserve half a point for that. <laughs> that's why you always but, explain uh... your reasoning before you give an answer <laughs> <laughs> That was, that, was, that was good, though. That was good. Um, next week, we'll be looking at Season 1, Episode 11, Death Becomes Him, which I think is the episode where the young Doctor dies and Fraser has like a massive kind of existential crisis about his own mortality. Um, and ends up visiting a, a kind of Jewish wake, I think. Yeah, they sit in Shiver. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, um, because I remember so... that on that episode. It's the only thing I really know about Judaism. <laughs> so yeah, the, yeah, the, the, yeah, everything I know from Judaism is either from earlier, I mentioned that show Northern Exposure, which has a Jewish protagonist but yeah this episode they have they cover up the mirrors uh, they you know shiver um or yeah i hope that's how you pronounce it it could be shiva or something like that shivers shiver sounds good i think they say shiver um, in the episode yeah then that's that's probably what it is yeah but yeah uh so that's what we'll be looking at next week but uh other than that i've been will i've been key and thank you very much for listening to we're listening hey baby i hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs and maybe I seem a bit confused. Well, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads.